All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Triple D's podcast. I'm your host Devin. I'm here with my co-host David, and today we've got a good episode here for you guys. Um, we're going to be discussing the first couple games of uh, each first round series in the NBA. You know, the playoffs started a little over a week ago, and um, we were going to release an episode like with our predictions before the series, or before the first round started, but that never happened. So. We're here now, about four games into each series as of the date we're recording, except Milwaukee, Miami, and Memphis versus LA. Every single game has had four games played, so we're going to give our takes on all that, and um, yeah, you ready you Ready to go, David? Yeah, let's start, man. All right, if you want to start, pick any series, and we can start with whatever you like. All right, I want to start with, sure, let's go with the Nuggets and Timberwolves Uh Happened just last night as the time of this recording. Um, the Nuggets, obviously, I wasn't super surprised that they couldn't close out because they're a very unserious team when it comes to those type of games. Uh, but hopefully they can close out on their home court in game five. I really didn't want them to have to come back. Not because I'm like nervous that they would choke this series, but it's just like, like why not just finish the series in Minnesota? They had the chance. They were coming off a high 12-0 run to tie the game um, in game four. So, yeah, like, obviously Minnesota's going to have a little bit of the momentum, but I'm confident that they'll uh, finish the series uh, on Tuesday. So I want to talk about overall series rather than just one game. So going game by game, game one, um, I actually went to the game. They destroyed them. They won by 30. It was a good game. Game two, you went to. It came down to the wire, but that was Jamal Murray went off. He scored 40 points, and... He mm. he really led the in, led the way in that fourth quarter, and he was really the reason they won. And then game three, Denver, you know, it got kind of close at the end, but they pulled away. That was, and then at that point, everyone was like, you know, this, uh, this series is over for sure. And I still think it is. No teams ever come back from three zero. The Timberwolves aren't the team to do it, but um, unfortunately, they lost game four. Yes, it's not the end of the world, like kind of you're saying it is. I don't think it is at all. Anthony Edwards had himself an amazing game in fourth quarter in overtime. You know, he showed why he's that guy, but um. Carl Anthony Towns hasn't done anything all series, like literally, and I think that'll keep up game five. They 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 better win because if they don't win game five, that's when it'll get a little scary because the Timberwolves are they they can get pretty hot pretty quickly if um you know Anthony Edwards is cooking then Cat actually shows up and plays. Um I think the Denver crowd will be rowdy, you know, um and I think they'll win for sure. Uh I think Jokic uh, didn't play as good in the clutch last night as he did in some other games. Um you know, he missed that free throw, and then he missed uh, some good looks in overtime. And uh, Jamal wasn't as aggressive also last night I didn't like. And I also didn't like Michael Malone put him in the game way too late. I, and it was it, he didn't have anything to do with the comeback. It was all uh, Michael Porter and uh, Jokic. So, um, yeah, last night was a bad loss, but I, I, wouldn't, I don't sweat it too much, you know. Uh, but for the Timberwolves side, it's great that they win that game. That gives them a little bit of momentum. Like I mentioned earlier, they, they are a good team if they can get it rolling. And Anthony Edwards, he scored 30-plus points every single game this series. And he, he's been he's arguably been the best player in this series, even though his team's down 3-1 and was down 3-0. So um, the guy's been playing really good. Uh, I'm excited for the game tomorrow. I'm definitely going to watch. And uh, hopefully the Nuggets can close them out in five. But yeah, overall, the Nuggets, they got to handle business uh, at home tomorrow because then they'll have to go back to Minnesota, which uh, that's when I would really get nervous. But I'm confident that they'll finish the job tomorrow. Yeah, I'm hopeful they can do so tomorrow. So, um, 
yeah not much to that series honestly like for the every i've seen every single take i've seen is like this is the most boring series which like i can honestly see because i mean last night i guess was entertaining but every other game was just like you know the nuggets are a better team but but i'm just surprised that cat is so bad bro like he 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 wasn't that bad against the grizzlies in the first round last year if i remember correctly so he's really been horrible so and i mean there hasn't really been anyone that i like haven't liked so far with their contributions i feel like christian brown could maybe have more of a contribution but he he's not playing as much as like i thought he would but um everyone's playing good. i think they really need good and, on uh, on edwards like they need a double team him at this point so, i mean so they, they, they so should probably just run a box in one i mean like he's the only one doing anything like literally it's just iso ball on him like I, they they need yeah. to come up with some sort of thing. probably a box in one will will work but yeah so Okay, uh, next series that I want to talk about, I'm actually watching right now because the game's going on right now, is uh, Milwaukee Bucks versus Miami Heat, which has been pretty hectic so far and something really unexpected yet taken some circumstances expected. So as of right now, the Bucks and the Heat are playing. It is halftime, and Miami leads the series 2-1. to one. Giannis Antetokounmpo got hurt in the first six minutes, I believe, of game one. And he didn't come back the rest of game one. Uh, he was out game two, and he was out game three. He's just now making his return um, today. But um, So um, also for the Miami Heat, Tyler Hero, he uh, broke his hand or broke his wrist. I can't remember one of those two. And he's out the rest of the season, more than likely. So um, tough break for them. I heard some takes that like... Uh, it's uh it's worse for the Heat that they lost Tyler Hero than the Bucks than it is for Giannis. And at first I could kind of see it just because the Bucks have such a good team outside of Giannis and like Tyler Hero's the Heat number two scorer. But as we can see so far in the series, that's not true at all because the Bucks they are super inconsistent without um Giannis. You know, Chris Middleton hasn't really been like himself how he was like during their finals run this season and Drew Holiday is just not a number one option in the playoffs as much as good as he is. So, so right now Milwaukee's up by 12, actually midway through the third quarter. So if they can take this one, that would be huge. And I think that would give them a really good chance to take the series. But Miami has been playing good, man. Jimmy Butler's averaging 30 points per game in this series. I mean, playoff Jimmy is real, man. He is the biggest playoff riser in the whole league, in my opinion. Like for real, like he just always plays so good and in this game right now he has like 30 halfway through the third i mean he's on one man he's on a mission he really he really wants to get possibly the biggest upset in nba history so um uh milwaukee did take care of business in game two and then miami destroyed them in game three that was when i really saw like oh miami heat they are not a bad eight seed at all and the milwaukee bucks need Giannis back if they want to have a really good chance of winning so um Obviously, leading now by double digits with Giannis back, that shows something. But, um, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on this series. Yeah, so Miami, so in terms of, like, the more bottom uh, seeds, uh, including the Hawks, Heat, and the Sixers, or mainly the Hawks and Heat, uh, I had more fate in the Heat to at least, like, put up a fight and possibly win a game or two. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I think that if Giannis is... If Giannis is not 100% for the rest of the series, I I think that the Heat have a very good chance of uh, possibly stealing this series. Even though it is, I still think like a pretty pretty low chance that they actually win, just because they are the eighth seed. But you never know. So I like uh, Miami's chances, even though they did lose their second best scorer. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they did lose Tyler Hero, but Jimmy Butler's nothing to joke about. And Bam Adebayo has actually been playing really good this series, which I, I actually like from him. He kind of didn't play as well as I would hope in the playoffs last year, even though they made it to the conference finals. But um, he's been playing good. So, But I honestly think if Giannis is healthy and like he's playing just like himself, even, maybe Miami could take it to Game 7. Like and steal another game, but I I I think the Bucks have a good chance of winning three in a row. Honestly, I kind of have a gut feeling that that's going to happen, and I feel like the Bucks are going to win in six. Giannis is not going to go out to the eight seed in the first round. There's just no way. If that happens, that's we're in an alternate universe. So I mean, that that's just my take. But also, one thing I want to get off my mind just before this: this has been horrible in terms of injuries this playoffs, man. Like literally, first yeah. four games in, and like the list goes on of like injuries that have happened and it, it's you hate to see it man you hate to see oh hospital ring oh you know uh taking away a, some team success because of uh injuries you just hate to see it for the player it's unfortunate for a team they work hard get a good record all year and then their guy goes down like kind of like the bucks if they lose this series so i mean it sucks but yeah so um yeah if you got anything else from milwaukee miami let me know uh, no, sir. okay Next series I want to talk about is the big uh, kind of surprise. To some people, surprise just because this team isn't normally good in the playoffs. The Cavaliers versus the Knicks. The Knicks have a three commanding 3-1 lead over the Cavs in this series. I love to watch New York, man. They are such a fun team to watch. I, I fell in love with Jalen Brunson last season with the Mavericks. He showed me what he's capable of. He got a bag this offseason in New York. And he is also a playoff riser. He's averaging 24-4-5 in the series. And he has been so good. Julius Randle, he was he got benched last game. He had 7 points and he was like 3-10 for 10 shooting. He got benched. He didn't play the whole 4th quarter. And they still won. I mean, they have so many guys. I am also in love with Josh Hart. He is in my opinion, one of the, if not the best role players in the entire league. He's such a good rebounding wing. Um, he hits all these big shots, and, you know, he's just a team team player. Um, RJ Barrett, he's been playing really good. He put up, uh, like, 25 or so uh, yesterday in the game that they won in New York. And, man, basketball in the Garden is amazing. Like, that, that, that in Sacramento, those are the two craziest atmospheres. I mean, the Garden is just, it's, it's rocking every single time. Jalen Brunson is just so tough, man. Like, the way he can create separation, like, just one-on-one. He's such a good ISO player, and that's what I love about him. Meanwhile, for Cleveland, Donovan Mitchell needs to step up, bruh. He has been horrible, especially in Game 4. This series might be over. 3-1? You rarely ever see teams come back from 3-1. And even if they have before, it doesn't happen that often, and it's not likely. It's like, with the Knicks playing how they are, I don't think Cleveland's going to win three in a row. So, Donovan Mitchell, in the biggest game, Game 4s are the biggest game of any series because either it's 2-2, you have an even series, or one team gets a commanding 3-1 lead, and the series might be over at that point. So, Donovan Mitchell played horrible. I'm pretty sure he only scored, like, two points in the second half yesterday. He was breaking everything, you know. The Cavs, their offense just doesn't flow that well. Like, you know, like, you know, like, I feel like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen aren't very good on the offensive end. So they kind of, and Darius Garland's also been really disappointing. I'm pretty sure in the game, uh, in game three, they lost. He he shot like four for like 21 or something like that. Like he's like, nobody's been good for Cleveland. So I'm really disappointed in them. And in game three, they put up 79 points. 
the only game under 80 points this season that's that's ridiculous man i mean that can't happen in the playoffs especially with a, t- a team with that much firepower so that's my thoughts on the series i'm honestly rooting for the knicks i have been the whole series yeah so i was i knew that the series would like at the beginning i thought it would be a bit more balanced and even but i mean obviously the knicks have shown that they're just a lot uh deeper they have like like they're using their talent more they're utilizing it more Mm -hmm. and i really thought that cleveland would be a lot better man like Mm -hmm. literally every time that they shot the ball they were like you said they were just bricks Mm -hmm. and donovan mitchell has not been stepping up Mm -hmm. darius garland has not been great either Mm -hmm. so the only good thing that really cleveland has left is that the next game is going to be at their home which they could possibly take but even then like they lost the second game at home so i mean they're really going to need their stars to rise up uh, in game five yeah for sure i mean game five they're gonna have to play their best basketball of the season and i mean they just need to push it to seven because a seven game series uh seven game in cleveland uh you know they have the new york on their back they have the momentum coming off two wins in a row do I see them winning a game six in the in the in the garden? Honestly, no. I think the Knicks have the series in wrap, so I'm gonna predict them to win in either five or six. Either they're gonna take care of business, shut them out uh, next game uh, in Cleveland, or they're gonna come back to the garden hungry. And yeah, so I think I think Julius Randle, this just isn't his type of series. You know, um, he's playing against two yeah. bigger guys in Evan Mobley and uh, Jared Allen. So. Um, but, like, Cleveland hasn't had help anywhere. Like, uh, Chetty Osman off the bench hasn't done anything. Uh, Isaac Okoro hasn't done anything. Meanwhile, the Knicks, they have so many role players playing well. Emmanuel Quickly's been doing his normal thing, you know, six-man-of-the-year candidate. He's been good. Uh, I really like uh, Isaiah Hartenstein off the bench. He's been really good. He's actually been playing some clutch time over Mitchell Robinson. And uh, Obi Toppin, he's also been playing really good. So, Knicks have had contributors all around. And, you know, the Knicks fans are going crazy, man. The clips I've seen is super hilarious, bro. They still got Trey Young on their mind, which is hilarious. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for New York, bro. New, New York, winning winning playoff basketball in New York is, is good for the NBA. Yeah, okay, let me pull up the next. Okay. All right, next series we can talk about is the Suns and the Clippers. Um, the Suns are currently leading three to one in the series. Uh, obviously, the Clippers, Paul George, even before the series started, he was ruled out for the whole thing. Kawhi Leonard went down. Um, he was he didn't play game three, didn't play game four, and he just got ruled out for game five. Give me your thoughts on the series so far for both the Clippers and the Suns, David. So I think that. Man, the Clippers, like, they surprised me game one, winning on the road in Arizona, and then game two, a little bit closer. But uh, obviously, Phoenix has just taken a more commanding uh, lead in this. I But I wouldn't take uh, Phoenix too serious because, I mean, they barely beat uh, L.A. in L.A. Uh, with no Kawhi and no PG. So, and they beat them, like, by five. And... They're showing that like they can't really put away. Uh, they, I wouldn't say they're a bad team with only really Russell being the main scorer, but like they can't put away a team that has two of their stars uh, out. So I wouldn't take Phoenix too seriously until I actually see them be like a really good team. So if they meet the Nuggets in the next series, like I would say it goes to six or seven. But uh, yeah, Phoenix, uh, I don't take them too serious just because of how much they've struggled. Uh, to win against the Clippers. 
Yeah, um, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I've been wanting to get this off my chest on a podcast episode ever since the series started. The Suns are fake. They have not shown anything for me. If anything, Devin Booker has been good, but only because there's there's the Clippers have nobody to guard him. Literally, yeah. they are struggling with a Norman Powell-led Clippers team, man. I'm telling you, if Kawhi, if Kawhi only is here, Clippers in six or seven. If Kawhi and Paul George are healthy, Clippers in five or six. The Suns team does not scare me. Kevin, they've been playing good. But they are relying so heavily on Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. It's unbelievable. Booker's averaging 35. KD's averaging 28. Chris Paul, he's averaging 13. DeAndre Ayton, 14 and 11. Torrey Craig is their third leading scorer. That's not consistent, man. That's not going to be a good team. The Clippers are a good team, but they're not a good team without uh, uh, Kawhi and PG. And the Suns don't scare me one bit, man. No bench depth. Uh, nobody showed up except for Devin Booker and KD. And while, yes, you can't ignore the star power, like, hence the reason why they're winning they're, and they're going to win this series. They're up 3-1. But, dude, like, Devin Booker has a stinker series and just completely chokes. This series is maybe 3-1 in the Clippers' favor, even with Kawhi and Paul George out. So, I mean... Like, the Clippers, I just feel bad for them, honestly, man. They, they've, like, literally the past three years has just been injuries, you know? Kawhi tore his ACL uh, in the series against the Jazz in 2021. Last year, Paul George got COVID right before the play-in, and they didn't make it. And now this year, once again, like, they're, they just they just got dealt a bad hand, man. And, like, I'm starting to think at this point, like, the health is really an issue for them, too. I don't know if they should blow it up and trade those two or what, but it's really bad. One thing I really love is how Russell Westbrook is playing. He's really turning back the clock. And, you know, I'm not the biggest Russell Westbrook fan, but, like, I actually, this, so I didn't like star version of Russell Westbrook because he was really egotistical and, you know, I just didn't like all his triple-double things, stat pad, whatever. But this type of Russell Westbrook, like, kind of know your role, like, gritty defender, you know, like, tough, like, trash-talking, like, this guy, this type of Russell Westbrook, I really do like, you know. He's averaging 26-7-7. and That is insane. I mean, yes, obviously, he's, like, the first or second, maybe third option, like, in the game, in game three and game four when uh, Kawhi wasn't playing. But he's been super good, you know, hitting threes, hitting jump shots. Uh, he obviously, he had that game-winning block in, a, was it game one or game two? In game one, in game one, he had that game-winning block against Booker, uh, threw it off him out of bounds. You know, that was really awesome to see, you know, pumped up and everything. You know, it's really nice to see Russell Westbrook playing really good. Uh, Norman Powell has also been playing amazing. Uh, He put up 42 in their game three loss, which is ridiculous. Um, He's averaging 20 points per game. Uh, on the series, but um, other than that, not really much contrib- contribution. Eric Gordon only averaging twelve, Terrence Mann averaging ten, Bones Highland averaging eight. You know, it, it it's just it's just not sustainable to win a series. You can't win a series with a starting five of Russell Westbrook, Norman Powell, uh, Marcus Morris, Batum, and Zubats. Like you just can't. Like it, it's not possible. And I mean, uh, and then obviously like their best guy off the bench is like Bones Highland or Mason Plumley. So I mean like. They're not going to win this series uh, since Kawhi's out game five and they're going back to Phoenix. I think this might be over in five unless um, unless Norman Powell Russell Wisk really does insanely good along with uh, clamping up uh, one of the stars in Phoenix. But um, they really haven't had a good defender on either one of them. So that's the big reason why Devin Booker's going off. And um, it's really sad to see. You know, they won game one. And after that, I, I really was like pushing the agenda of Clippers in six, Clippers in seven. But then, 
they lost game two. You know, they didn't play their best game. Uh, the Kawhi news came out, and I was like, shit, it's over. And lost by five in game three and lost by 12 in game four. Now, tomorrow they play in Phoenix game five, where Phoenix could potentially take it. So um, that's my thoughts on the series. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow, I think that Phoenix will definitely take it. Like, unless everybody else, especially uh, the guys coming off the bench, really step up, maybe they could steal one. But even then, I think that just the star power compared to LA being injured right now just does not match up well for them at all. All right, next series I want to talk about has probably been the best series of the first round. You know, me as a Warriors fan, really stressful series. Uh, number three seed Sacramento versus number six seed Golden State. Uh, tied up 2-2 two two right now, going back to Sacramento for game five. Sacramento took a commanding 2-0 lead, and then uh, the Warriors took uh, took care of it at home. So um, I'll, I'll let you go first on this one, and I want to hear your thoughts before I uh, go crazy. So, yeah, the first two games, uh, obviously, Sacramento takes them. For the second game, they uh, it was a lot more Sacramento had control. And then I wasn't surprised that they lost in game three because, like, their guys, mainly also, like, a guy like Keegan Murray, they seemed really startled. And both sides on that, or mainly the Kings, they shot horrible in game three. Game four, I really thought that the Warriors were going to, like, pull away. But somehow the uh, Kings were able to uh, keep it within one. Steph calls timeout when they don't have timeout, obviously. So they turn it over. Um, De'Aaron Fox, he gets uh, Steph, I'm pretty sure, on that last possession. Passes it out of Harrison Barnes on the wing and shoots it, misses it. I really thought that Harrison... I, I Like, Leak was open, man. Like, if he just looks to his right, he could have shot that. And I have a lot more faith in that. But I think that right now the Kings have more pressure to win because, like, most people knew that the Warriors were going to either win one or two games at home, and they won both. So the Kings definitely have, in my opinion, more pressure to win because they're going to be going back home and how well they played there. And if they went, if they lose in Sacramento, it's over for them. Like, it would be Warriors in six, but I can still see it as going to seven. But I don't know, man. Like, the Kings looked so startled in Game 3. It's just... Uh, I guess I can't be too surprised just because of how young they are. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. Yeah, um, I, for the most part, agree with what you're saying. So, um, yeah, Game 1, like, that was really high-intensity game. That could have gone either way. So, the first thing I want to say is um, the reason why the Warriors have the, like, slight edge, I think, for the rest of these games is because... Every single uh, game one, game two, and game four have been close games that have gone uh, either to Sacramento or Golden State. But the one game that's been a blowout in this series was game three at home in favor of the Warriors. Obviously, the Warriors uh, blew out Sacramento in game three. So game one, that was a super winnable game for the Warriors. Um, Andrew Wiggins had that wide open corner three. You know, I thought for sure that was going down. He had nobody around him, but sadly he missed. And um that game, De'Aaron Fox really, like, lit the world on fire. He he showed me that he is that guy. I have so much love for De'Aaron Fox. I don't like anyone on the Kings except De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is such a good player. Like, the fact that this is his first ever series in the playoffs, you just know he's been waiting for this moment forever, man. He, he played so good. He put up 40 in his first game. But a big reason why the Kings won that game one is because of Malik Monk. He put up 30. If you're the Warriors, you cannot. If Malik Monk scores 30 every game or even every other game, zero chance you win the series. And that's because he hasn't done that. That's why it's 2-2 now. So thank God. But um, 
yeah, Malik Monk had a crazy game, but um, game two, um, it was close, and then um, we all know what happened. Uh, Sabonis grabbed Draymond's ankle. Uh, Draymond uh, then proceeded to uh, so-called stomp on Sabonis. Uh, he got ejected from the game, and then the momentum just shifted from there. Um, the King, it was in the fourth quarter. It was a close game. Warriors kept it within, but then the Kings kind of pulled away. Warriors kind of let go of that one at the end. And I was so beat down after game two. Down two to zero for the first time ever. I was, it was bad, man. But I actually had so much faith going into game three. So the following day after game two, Draymond got suspended. That is the most bullshit thing that has ever happened in the history of the NBA. Reputation suspension. There is no, like, an ejection is, like, discussable, like, for a lot of people. A suspension is ridiculous. One thing I want to point out is that every single, like, I cannot stand social media. These idiots, like, like 14-year-old Warriors haters, or not even Warriors haters, just stupid casuals. They're just, like... Oh, Draymond is the dirtiest player ever. Kick him out of the league. I'm not even kidding. At least 20, if not more. Every single former or current NBA player, analyst, whatever, sided with Draymond. People who don't like Draymond sided with him. Half of the guys who I saw did not uh, do not like Draymond. And they've had like beef before. And they're siding with him. Because a suspension is ridiculous, man. I will not hear out anyone on why Draymond should have been suspended for Game 3. That is ridiculous. JJ Redick went live on first take. And him, as a Warriors hater, he went on first take. And he said that the, that this, that the refs are favoring the Kings. Everything that Looney does to Sabonis is a foul. Sabonis, all series, puts his shoulder into Looney, into Draymond, whoever's guarding him... Lowers his shoulder, goes into him, no foul. Or, like, going for a loose rebound, pushes him in the back, no foul. Looney or Draymond did the same thing, foul. Flagrant two, ejected. I lost all my respect for DeMontis Sabonis. I loved him in Indiana. I, I loved the Kings this season. My respect for the Kings has gone all the way down the drain, except for De'Aaron Fox. Mike Brown, also, I lost my respect for him with everything he's been saying. Uh, uh, DeMontis Sabonis in like the post game interview after the stomp, he was like, Oh, it's competitive basketball, it's the playoffs, you know, things happen. And then after Draymond gets suspended in the interview, he's like, Oh, there's no place for this in our game, uh, rightfully suspended, uh, dirty play, whatever. Unbelievable. I have no respect for DeMontis Sabonis, he is not good either. He is not good in the playoffs. Literally, he like he's 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 just like Draymond in the way where you can guard him in the paint if he has the ball outside, he can't shoot. His only sense of offense is lowering his shoulder into somebody, putting up some dumbass hook shot, and hoping either one, he gets a foul, the refs don't call an offensive foul, or it just somehow goes in. De'Aaron Fox is the only reason the Fo- the Kings are doing good this series. De'Aaron Fox is a playoff riser. DeMontis Sabonis is not a playoff riser. He goes backwards in the playoffs. He is not made for it. Kevon Looney has been outstanding this series guarding him. You know, Kevon Looney, man, I... I'm so happy that the world is starting to see how good of a player Kevon Looney is. In game three, he had 20 rebounds and nine assists, and he had like nine offensive rebounds, and he was key to them winning that game. Um, so yeah, I th- Looney's done a great job on Sabonis, and I don't see that changing. I don't see Sabonis having like a 25-point game like the rest of the series. I don't. I, I'll put money on it. What not happening, but 
Back to game three. I actually, like, despite, like, how bad it was, they're down 2-0. They lose this game. Season's over. I had so much faith, man. Draymond being suspended, the amount of energy they've had. You know, you, you plug in Jordan Poole into the lineup. I just felt like they were going to get going from the get-go. I actually sadly missed the first, like, two and a half quarters of the game. But, yes, they, they got off going, and that's exactly what they did. They did exactly what I expected them to do. They defended home court, and they got a huge dub in game three. Draymond comes back in game four. He actually asks Steve Kerr to come off the bench because he saw how good they played in game three. Didn't want to ruin any other momentum. And that is a team player thing. That is one thing I want to stress. The media portrays Draymond as some villain, some idiot who doesn't care about anyone except himself. He is the one of the biggest team players in the league. This is why social media and, and just the media in general portrays everything. This is why if you don't watch a good enough amount of Warriors games, you don't understand Draymond Green. Still to this day, like, I've been saying this since, like, 2016. Like, still to this day, they don't understand the real impact of Draymond Green. He comes back. He gets a technical foul in the first two minutes with uh, chirping with the Aaron Fox. And he sets the tone. He says in the post-game interview, he says, you know, uh, you know, I don't care what they say. No matter what happens anytime, I'm who I am. Nobody can take that away from me. He got out there. He set a tone by getting a tech, risking getting ejected again. That would have been ridiculous. Gets in the Aaron Fox's head, you know, starts chirping a little bit. And I love it. Draymond Green will never change for anyone no matter what he could punch all his teammates in training camp first first day of the season he's going to be his normal self riling the crowd up talking trash everything I love Draymond Green Steph Curry played great in game four he put up 32 uh, Jordan Poole I loved what I seen from him he didn't play good at all in Sacramento because the thing that like ruins Jordan Poole's game is like when he plays with the ball too much. I can't stand when he does that. He's really turnover prone when he plays with the ball. And also some of his uh, shot decisions are really bad. So in game four, he was actually super aggressive driving to the rim. Just one simple move, boom, to the rim. And that works. That's when he has his good games. So I love that from him. Klay Thompson at 26. And Draymond Green's defense in the last like three minutes. Like I saw a clip. Draymond should win. I'll live on this that if defensive player of the year was consistent, Draymond should have minimum four. Minimum. He should have gotten all of Rudy Gobert's and he should have won this year over Jaron Jackson Jr. If you actually go by best defender. Defensive player of the year has turned into stats. It's turned into, oh, Jaron Jackson averages three and a half blocks per game because little guards drive in his paint and he's a good shot blocker. Oh, Rudy Gobert is an insane shot blocker and rim protector. Yes, they are. But Draymond Green is the most versatile defender, one of the in NBA history, but the best in the game. One possession, you can ask him to lock up De'Aaron Fox. And then the next possession, you can ask him to get down and dirty in the paint with DeMontis Sabonis and clamp him up. He can guard one through five any given night. He is the best defender in the league. As much as people don't want to say it, as much as don't listen to defensive players of the year, Draymond, and this is not Warriors bias at all. Not a single ounce of it. Draymond Green is the best defender in the league. He showed his worth right there. And then obviously at the end of the game, Steph Curry, that was mind-boggling. And I knew it. Like the commentators weren't talking about it for like two minutes. But I knew it because they challenged something before. It was unsuccessful. Then they had no timeouts. And then when Steph called timeout, I'm like, what the f-? And then I saw the ref do the tech. So I was like, ah, shit. So he got a tech. It was, I'm pretty sure, 126 to 121. Uh, Malik Monk hit the technical free throw. And De'Aaron Fox is just cold-blooded, walks up, just hits a three. I don't know whose face, just insane three. And then Curry goes by. He gets a wide-open floater. He takes a shot early in the shot clock. He gets it off, but he misses. 
if if they lost, if Harrison Barnes hit that, the slander for Steph Curry would have been worse than 2016 or 2019 when he missed the game-winning shot against Toronto. It would have been horrible. So I'm so happy they lost. Harrison Barnes, you're a bum. You're a shitter. 2016 will never change, buddy. You, nobody likes you over here in in uh in San Francisco or in Oakland. You are the most unclutch player in the NBA. I would not not trust anyone else in the league more with the final shot than uh than Harrison Barnes. Like you said, I would rather have De'Aaron Fox taking a, a fadeaway triple teamed shot than Harrison Barnes. Trash. If that went in, they shouldn't have been a three pointer either. They should have gone for two. Three was way too. Well, long. they were going for two, but that's what I was gonna get to in my next point. Steph Curry played such good defense on De'Aaron Fox on that last position. If you watch, De'Aaron Fox was trying to drive. Steph Curry was in front of him every single time. Complete lockdown. De'Aaron Fox was playing with the ball a little too much, and when he went to make his move, Stephen Curry is such an underrated defender. You know, he's uh, he's he's a decent two-way guy. Like ever since he added muscle, that's when he's become a really good defender. I started to see it last year, and th- last year and this year, he has been such a good defender. Draymond comes over with the help. De'Aaron Fox gets double teamed, has absolutely no room, can't even get a shot off. So um, then pass it to Harrison Barnes. Draymond still gets it in his face and off back rim brick. I probably would have cried if Harrison Barnes hit that and ended the Warriors season. Harrison Barnes of all people, I probably would have cried. So um I'm so happy it's two to two. Uh I man, that was such a good performance by Draymond Green and Steph Curry in the fourth quarter. Steph was hitting absolutely everything. I just I'll never take watching him for granted. Um so I'm super excited for game five. I agree with what you said earlier. I think if the Kings win this, then it's still anyone's series going back to Golden State. But if the Warriors win this game, it is wraps, my boy. It is wraps, bro. There is no shot. There is no shot. They're going back to San Francisco for game six, and they're going to lose this game. But And also, I want to hear your thoughts on this too now. De'Aaron Fox broke the tip of his left index finger and is doubtful for game five. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays, to be honest. Uh, put some big ass wrap on the finger and send them out there. I'm not gonna say a word. Actually, I was just about to say something, but I don't want to say anything. Um, the Kings, their chances go way down if the Aaron Fox misses that game. Like I said, Sabonis has done nothing this series. Malik Monk's gonna have to pull off another 30 point game, but this time he won't have a De'Aaron Fox 40 bomb to back him up. They're going to need everyone to step up if he's out. And as much as I hate injuries, and I, even as a Warriors fan, I hate this. Like, in terms of, like, I want a fair series. De'Aaron Fox, he's a great player. I, he's really turned into one of my favorites. He's super humble. Uh, such a good uh, young superstar. But um, it's really unfortunate. But I also hope he doesn't play. Because it's not like I'm an asshole for saying that. Because it's not like he, like, tore his ACL I'm saying good. He uh, broke the tip of his finger, and he still has a chance to play. So... I hope he doesn't play because the Warriors have a really good chance to win it in Sacramento if that happens. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I went on for way too long. I, I had to get everything off my chest. But, um, yeah, you can go now. Yeah, to wrap up this series, um, yeah, I would give maybe the Warriors a slight edge in Game 5 just because, like, even if De'Aaron Fox plays or not, that still, like, definitely affects you because it is a shooting hand, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, if you're saying it's the tip of his index, like, like literally, I don't care if he gets hooked on painkillers. Like, just get him off That's what I'm saying, bro. That, like, just but, put around, um, bro. Like, yeah. yeah, so even if uh, he does play, like, they 
Malik Monk. Like he needs to have like a master class to even like really compete with the Warriors in that game. And then with the Draymond situation, I do yes, like suspending him was so not. It was not necessary. I think that throwing him out game two, I think that was fair, but they also should have uh, thrown Sabonis as well because it wasn't like, like that was dirty too to hold a guy. But I don't think that, because Draymond said in the post game that uh, he was running. Draymond was not running. He was going to try to run, but the stop still was not necessary. But uh, I think that Sabonis also, obviously he was not in the right. He shouldn't have done that. But, um, yeah, I think that's it for me. But, um, yeah, this is a very 50-50 series now, obviously. So yeah. I, I wish I was not a Warriors fan watching this series because this would be, the, like, the most fun series ever. Like, that's what everyone else is saying. But I genuinely have a heart attack at the end of every single game except game three. It, it's it's horrible for my health, but um, I pray that the I'm going to be cheering my ass off. I'm going to be ready to go the whole day. I'm just going to be thinking about the game, man. Game five, I'm ready, man. Wednesday, I'm ready for game five. So, yeah. So, that's it for that series for the Kings versus Warriors. Next one I want to talk about is actually the only sweep, 76ers versus Nets. I want to say something right now. Um, In my playoff bracket, I had Nets in seven. Go ahead and scold me. Scold me. Scold me all you want. Just... Yeah. yeah, that was such a bad decision, man. I mean, like, I knew the Nets were gonna win, weren't gonna win, but I thought they would win at least one, maybe two. But uh, I, I had like the the Sixers winning in five, probably. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Sixers, uh, the game four, they didn't have uh, Joel and B. They still beat them. Mm-hmm. McK- uh, the Nets had a decent chance in game one, but then they just kind of the Sixers. Uh, ran away with that Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i don't have too much to say about it but i think the nets still have a bright future yeah the the only reason i picked nets in seven is because i just i one i was really cheering for them and i really wanted to see them win and also i thought mikhail bridges was going to shock the world and i thought that their uh lineup of like all like good all-around team was going to beat uh 76ers who joel Embiid and james harden not known for being very good playoff performers but then after the first two games, I quickly realized the Nets have zero chance. Nobody can guard and beat. Harden's doing his thing. Um, the 76 are just a way better team. Um, the Nets, this yeah. team would not make the playoffs if it wasn't for KD and Kyrie giving them the start they had. But I, I'm rooting for Mikhail Bridges, and uh, I'm definitely not rooting for Joel Embiid. So, yeah, that's all I have to say on that series. Not very much. Yeah. Okay, next one I want to talk about is the Celtics versus the Hawks. Uh, Boston holds a 3-1 lead as of the day we're recording. Um, Atlanta won game three, and Boston won both at home, and they actually took game four. Uh, I'll let you start on this one with your thoughts on this series and all the games and how it's gone so far. Yeah, so I wasn't expecting Atlanta to really be competitive at all in this series. Mm-hmm. I was a little surprised when they took Game Three, Game Four. Um, obviously, in uh, in their house, I thought they would have a decent chance coming off a Game Three victory. Mm-hmm. But um, so, but now they lose Game Four. Dejounte Murray mm-hmm. says something to the ref after. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get obviously doesn't put hands on him or anything, but gets suspended for Game Five. So I mean. 
it's like the worst now for the Hawks. They have zero chance, you know, going back to TD Garden, uh, even without DeJounte Murray. So I wanted to see Atlanta, you know, maybe take it to six at least, but they're not. So Celtics are going to ultimately win five. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. You know, um, I, I like to watch the Hawks play. You know, that uh, Eastern Conference Finals one was really special, beating, uh, ultimately ending Ben Simmons' uh, career. But, um, yeah, it's just bad. I mean, yes, like the numbers you see from Trey Young, like he's averaging 26 a game, but Trey Young is not good in the playoffs, man. Like, th- the more I think about it, I was talking about this with my dad earlier. The more I talk about the, uh, I talk about the Hawks, the more I realize how fluky that Eastern Conference Finals run was. Like, seriously. Like, since then, they haven't done anything. Like, literally, they got out in the play in last year, and now they're going to get gentlemen swept by the Celtics. Like, game three I watched, like, they actually played really good. They had high intensity. You know, the Atlanta crowd was actually going crazy. But um, that was just one good game. And then uh, I actually kind of, like, see with DeJounte Murray, the refs were super bad in the fourth quarter of game four. Um, obviously, it's not right to, like, push the rest. But at some point, just like Fred Van Vliet when he went off in the postgame conference, like, at some point, someone's got to do it, man. Nobody likes the NBA refs. If you like the NBA refs, then you like freaking fixed basketball or something, man. So, like, it, it, it wasn't right, obviously, but I, I understand his frustration. You know, if they if if they win that game with some more favorable calls going their way, um, the Hawks are going to Boston 2-2 two to two, anyone series. Uh, instead, they're down 3-1, don't, aren't going to have DeJounte Murray. They have zero chance of winning Game 5. If they do, I will be so surprised. So um, Boston's just been the better team. You know, um, They blew out. They blew them out in Game 1. They were up by like 35 at one point. They're, they just played better in Game 2. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited f- for a likely Boston-Philadelphia series. That's going to be pretty fun to watch. But um, also, John Collins is horrible. Like, actually, like they should have traded him for they should have traded him this season when he was in trade talks. Like, while he had value, now he has z- absolutely zero. The d- the dude is horrible, man. Like, he hasn't done a single thing. Like, Clint Capella has been like their second best player this series. Like, it- it's not good for Atlanta. And I mean, their fe- obviously they just hired the head coach mid season, but um, I don't know how I feel about their future to be honest. Trey Young, who knows how long he's gonna stay there? So um, yeah. Uh, I think like Trey is a good is a good like player come playoff time. Obviously, like including uh, Eastern Western Eastern Western Eastern Conference Finals, uh, their trip to that. But um, it's just it's not a good group, man. It, I don't think they really gel together. Like I think when they traded for Dejounte Murray, it, it made like the connection between Trey and John Collins like really weird. Like is he gonna be the the star behind Trey now? Am I gonna stay the star behind Trey? So I think that they really just need to trade John. If they get whatever they you can to, at this point, mm-hmm. um, maybe like get another center to possibly compete with Clint Capella because like he's a decent center, but not probably not a championship one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they need to rebuild again around uh, a Trey and like Dejounte Murray and Trey. Like when you go up against them, that's not a scary duo. I don't like I don't know if you're. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that for sure. Like, a lot of people were expecting them to be a top six seed or, like, top five seed, at, like, when the trade first happened. But um, they obviously didn't do that. They were in the play-in. But one thing I want to say about DeJounte Murray, I was talking earlier, Um, literally, ever since the second he left San Antonio, he has been a different guy. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Do you remember over the summer the DeJounte Murray and Paolo, Paolo Boncaro beef? 
like at the yeah, pro am that was the yeah. most disrespectful thing i've ever seen dejounte murray when he was in san antonio i loved him because what my what the perspective of him was that he's um he's really humble who goes out there plays basketball and just like Kawhi Leonard like super humble guy like he does everything literally two weeks after he gets traded to the Hawks he's out here throwing the ball at Paolo Banquero hasn't even played an NBA game yet after scoring on him like it's ridiculous and then I remember like the there was like a beef in like a Hawks Rockets game where DeJounte Murray was just like playing it like an AAU game like extremely disrespectful now this I mean that shows how um Trey Young is not a good teammate at all, and I feel like that has something to do with him. And it also shows how Greg Popovich will li- literally sit you on your ass, and he'll make you a certain person. Because San Antonio, they do not mess around with Pop. So, um, yeah, that's all I wanted to say for that series, if you got anything else. No, that's it. All right, so last series we have in the first round is the two-seeded Memphis Grizzlies and the seven-seeded LA Lakers. As of right now... The Lakers hold a 2-1 lead in the series. Game 4 uh, is happening right now in L.A. Um, pretty even series so far. Obviously, the big topic is um, John Morant going down in Game 1 with the injury uh, after falling on his hand. He missed Game 2. Came back in Game 3, but Memphis still lost. Um, David, give me your takes on you think how this series has gone so far and how you think it'll uh, end up. I think that... It will be a closer game tonight just because uh, Dylan Brooks got ejected the last game, which well, you can say whatever you want about him, but he is like at least decent def- defensively. So I did that. I think that affected him a bit. Decent defensively. But, uh, think, that's the max you can say about that guy. He's horrible. Yeah. And I think that they're going to drop this game. They're going to have to go back to Memphis and win a couple there. So I think that. This could go to seven, but that might be a little too generous. I think the Lakers are going to take this, though. I think they just have more momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so starting with game one, that game was insane, man. The Grizzlies didn't score the last five, like like three or two minutes of the game. They were up by one, and then Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura just literally did it on their own. They went on like they like ended the game on like a 15-0 run. They were down like. I'm pretty sure they were down, like, they were up, like, 113 to 112 or something. And then Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura just turned into Shaq and Kobe. I mean, that that was that shit was insane, man. Rui has been so good this series, bro. He's averaging 21, five and, and 21 and 5 this series. I mean, that's that's insane for a guy coming off the bench. Like, and then he put up a... I'm pretty sure he put he something in the 30s in game one, I'm pretty sure he put up. I mean... That was ridiculous, man. Like, Rui Hachimura really has been the uh, X-Factor in this series. Um, Yeah, he put up 29 in Game 1. I mean, Austin Reeves played insane that Game 1. They were, like, cooking, bro. They were hitting, like, crazy, like, ISO 3. Like, Austin Reeves had, like, a behind-the-back pass to uh, Rui for 3. Like, it was insane. And then uh, Memphis came out with a lot more uh, energy in Game 2. You know, they were kind of hungry. And... uh, it was just mostly a bad game from the Lakers because John Morant didn't play and Memphis was still able to take care of business. Uh, uh, Xavier Tillman had, like, the game of his life. He put up, like, 25 and 15 or something. It was crazy. And then Jaron Jackson played good. Um, but uh, Desmond Bain has honestly been really uh, disappointing this series. He has not played good at all. Uh, LeBron, I mean, technically, like, uh, LeBron fans are so happy with game one. Like, this is, like, the first time ever, like, they've won a game, like, watching, like, someone else on the team that's not LeBron, like, do something. Like, it, it's awesome for LeBron fans to see. But 
LeBron, he, he played pretty good in Game 3. Uh, they won Game 3, you know. Dylan Brooks got ejected for his nut shot on LeBron. Um, and that was awesome to see. Nobody likes Dylan Brooks. And then the stupidest thing he said was, like, in the post game, he said, like, uh, he said, like, oh, I got uh, ejected because of my reputation because everyone sees me as a villain. Uh, I don't want to be a villain. Like, bro, shut the fuck up. Like, your whole act is getting attention by being a fake villain. Like, you're talking shit to the fucking, like, best best or second best player of all time, LeBron James, or and fucking four-time champion Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. Like, dude, your whole act is pretending to be a villain and nobody likes you. And now now you're trying to say, like, you don't want to be that. BS, man. I hate that guy so much. So, um, in this series, I actually could see it going to seven for sure. I feel like if the Lakers win tonight, I feel like that might do it. I don't think Memphis could win three games in a row. So, Memphis is going to need to bring their A game tonight. But, um, overall fun series to watch so far, and uh, I'm excited for game four tonight. Yeah, definitely, because they can definitely win in Memphis. Like, I mean, if you can win in ga- game one with, like, your role players going off, they can definitely uh, win game six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, home court advantage hasn't meant too much in this series so far. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that'll do it for the fourth episode of the Triple D's podcast. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, this is playoffs have been super exciting to watch so far, in my opinion, right, David? Except for a couple series, like maybe like the Sixers and the Nuggets, like maybe that, but like super good basketball going on. You know, both of our teams are in the playoffs, so it's super fun to watch that way. Um, yeah, I'm excited to watch the rest of the first round, and we'll uh, drop an episode after the first round uh, going over everything, uh, second round predictions, our thoughts on the last uh, games in the first round, and all that. So we want to thank you all for watching. I'm Devin, hosting this with my boy David. And uh, David, if you got anything to say before we head out? Uh, thanks for listening. All right, appreciate you all for listening, and we'll see you all in the next episode. See you.